Everybody and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. We invite you to join us and so many others to enter into the great adventure of family at ilovemyfamily.us where you will find great resources to foster prayer and conversation in your homes in particular through the use of the Livet Gathering Guide. Amazing. So, Steph, we're going to make the theme tonight something like courage in the storm. Courage in the storm. And I have to just lead right out of the gates with the phenomenal homily given this past Sunday by our beloved pastor, Monsignor Borger, at St. Joan of Arc, where he unpacked this amazing, one of my favorite stories, right, of the Jesus had been with his disciples, and he sends them off in a boat across the water. It's late at night, and he goes up on a hill to play, maybe to play, to pray, (laughs) and uh, the storms are kicking up. And, you know, on top of that, they see this ghost, they think, walking on the water, and of course, it's Jesus. And Peter, seeing him, the others being afraid, and certainly him participating in that, Jesus, you know, reveals himself. Fears subside when we see our Savior. And he asks Jesus to invite him to walk in the water. Of course, we know the story. He takes steps in the water. He's staying focused on Christ. He's doing well. He's doing the stepping. We love the movie, What About Bob? He's doing the stepping. But then like us, he becomes distracted. The winds are strong and he's looking down and he thinks, my gosh, this just doesn't make sense. How many of us have been in that situation? We're in the zone. We're feeling good. We've come off of a retreat, a conference, a prayer time. We're just connected on Christ. But then we look around we see our house. We get a little lip from our kids. We get an email and we start to sink. Here's what happens next. The right is Jesus says, save me, Lord. And Jesus approaches, he's at that point, raises him up and brings him into the boat. So I digress a little bit. Monsignor unpacks this and weaves it magnificently into the call for us as Christians to take a stand lovingly for the kingdom, specifically in this critical moment where life, marriages, and families are under attack, and it is literally on the ballot this November. We're going to play his homily very shortly, and I encourage you to listen. And by the way, uh, kudos to all of you bishops out there, our beloved Bishop Daniel Thomas, who asked the pastors, priests of this diocese, to preach on this very critical subject. Last Tuesday was a critical defeat for the people of God that essentially paved the way for, if you will, not only abortions, but very dangerous sex surgeries gender selection, if you will, surgeries for minors, depriving them of parental consent. Now, you didn't hear much about that before last Tuesday because the other side kept it quite quiet. But as soon as the ballot was defeated, if you will, it all came out. The coloring and that reality came out, and now literally that is going to be on the ballot in November. And they will continue to subterfuge it. These forces that that are moneyed, that are uh, funded by our taxpaying dollars, literally want to 
break up the families, break up marriages. Don't ask me why. We could go into that in other episodes. We've talked about those sorts of things. But point is, we are in crisis in our bishop with a godly heart, knowing that we are called to impact this world, impact this culture, invites us to be mindful of this and to be engaged in the battle and to make it very clear This isn't about advocating for a particular candidate, qua candidate, or party. This is about faith and morals that are the fabric of what it means to be human, for flourishing, for the abundant life we read in John 10.10. And we absolutely 100% as Catholics need to be in that game. They are inseparable. Faith and politics are absolutely inseparable from a Catholic perspective. We can't just take it as a book on the shelf and be quiet and stick our heads in the sand or me and God. No, it's got to break out of the church. You know, some people have said Christ has left the building. I love that phrase. It's kind of a reference to Elvis has left the building. Are Catholics leaving the building? Again, are we getting out of the retreat moments and experiences and realizing the call to impact the world around us? So again, that's a setting for tonight. Courage in the storm. We're going to hear Monsignor Borger. Before we go much further, though, a little bit of a lighter note, (laughs) but I'm fired up about this, you know, so I just have to set that stage and just look forward to that very shortly. Steph, lighter note. This past summer, we're in the middle of August. We're celebrating this beautiful feast day of our Blessed Mother of Assumption, uh, August 15th. I have great fond memory of that uh, date, August 15th, being on my letterhead while I was living at Steubenville, running Light and Life Foundation, in a letter that I'd sent to Father Benedict Rochelle, seeking guidance. Um, And I remember distinctly, uh, visually, seeing August 15th, and corresponding to just guidance that led me to uh, live with him for a year, the Friars of the Renewal. And uh, by the way, put on your calendar November 3rd, 4th, and check out CatholicRevival.us. You are spraying us with the fire hose. Keep going. Yeah, well... Amazing Catholic Revival season, and that's going to be the theme. And courage in the storm is Catholic Revival is the beating heart of civilization, marriage, and family. Put November 3rd and 4th on your calendar. Check out CatholicRevival.us. Get on board with us right now. It is an urgent time. In fact, before we get into summer, I guess, Steph, no, we're going to do this. <laughs> Steph, I have no idea yeah, where this, oh, this is going, is, people. Yeah, a little so bit freestyling. Hold, hold on Freestyle podcast. Why don't you give me a little up. backbeat? Um, so, Steph, yes, what have been some highlights of your summer here in the Schleterville? So, yeah, I'm going to jump back, though. <laughs> do it. Um, yes, so you said August 15th, which... Again, as Catholics, we hold so dear the mm. feast of Our Lady's Assumption. And I always love just reflecting on that. Like, gosh, like picture it, right? I Mary's can't. assumed into heaven. What does that mean? So she was taken body and soul up into heaven. She Why does she get to do that? Why can't I? Okay, you need to let me go. All right. <laughs> In fire hose because she was conceived without original sin. Mm. And we can talk about that more later in the fourth edition of fire hosing. But, <laughs> um, but just what I always love to reflect on and is the meeting of Jesus welcoming her mm. into heaven mm. to be crowned, which again, the crowning of Mary is queen of heaven and earth. Um, which follows right to the assumption, but just that tender moment that, beyond comprehension moments of their meeting mm. eye, eye, eye to eye, right? The two bodies, because mm-hmm. they both have their bodies right so now. So beautiful. Um, so maybe I encourage you, our listeners, to just take that to prayer and reflect on what that moment is like 
and in the faithfulness and the yes and the love between mother and son and know what the Lord has in store, what his plan is for us if we choose to go that way. Um, but you said the date, you know, the letterhead, I think of, um, so August 15th, just random thoughts. If I could have a little garden hose moment as opposed to your fire hose <laughs> moment. Fire hose, um, you absolutely can. So it was our daughter Grace's first communion date. Um, my uncle who was in, uh, Divine Word Father, um, Father Wilbert Wagner. Mm. That was his ordination date. So I always think of him. How many fondly. years ago are we talking here? Forever. So Grace is twenty. And <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Father Wilbert's no, ordination. No, I mean just take. Well, us, so the you're feast of the back. Assumption was also a very common ordination date for many priests as they dedicated their life um, mm-hmm. to Our Lady in their priesthood. Um, so, gosh, Grace, that would have been. I don't know. Well, she's 20 now or something, so she 19, would have been 20, 20. Eight, eight years old. Okay. So 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, so turning point chiropractic, I have to give a shout out to our dear friends, doctors, Jeff and Rachel Elmore. Um, their practice opened on the Feast of the Assumption, I believe. Awesome. Um, so just our lady's hand in that and then their faithful witness to our faith and bringing it alive in their work. Um I could go on and on, but that's that's all I got for you right there for the 15th of August. And of course, the 13th anniversary of Annunciation Radio. Indeed. We Congratulations. Deacon Mike Learned, I remember being in his house when they were broadcasting out of his living room. And you hear the dog bark and the mailman ringing the doorbell. And we had just arrived in 2013. So we were a couple years into, <clears throat> is it their 13th anniversary? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see. We've been turned. So it was about three years prior to our coming. But point is, the very, is the term austere, simple Spartan beginnings of faith of many people. Beautiful Dr. Deacon. Yes. Rick Nelson, um, whom God we kind of attribute soul. already to maybe some miraculous things. So pray to our beloved friend, Rick Nelson, who, with his wonderful wife, Catherine, I like to call her mm. uh, what, Lady Catherine of Assisi because she loves animals. <clears throat> Anyways, very beloved heart of this with Deacon Learned and many others who we very much invoke in this moment. But I remember those early years mm. and how far they've come. Now with David Vacherez, Ron and others at the helm and how far it's come. Amen. So... That was um, August 15th thoughts. <laughs> Indeed. Quick note, though, because, Steph, a few weeks ago, we did something amazing uh, with our dear friends, Strangs. We we're just in such an amazing community. But Liz is always making great suggestions. She had suggested Steve Dace, and we had a phenomenal episode. He is behind the movie Nefarious. If you have not seen it, we encourage you to see it and a number of others. But we've been sort of talking over the last year about beloved Christian influencer leaders in our community who are kindred with us in building the kingdom and bring so much vitality and clarity to the body of Christ. And wouldn't it be great to have an evening just to have them together, beverages, hanging out, and they can ask anything they want. Take the gloves off. Let's talk Catholicism. So we actually did that a couple of Thursdays ago in our home and uh, so blessed to maybe have, I don't know, 15, 20 people, eight were not Catholics. We all left with a deeper sense of our faith, I'm just going to say I'd be very surprised if seven of them did not become Catholic within the next year, and likely all eight. And uh, that was very encouraging for me. All that to convey the importance that when we get an opportunity to explain simple understandings of our Catholic faith that are prone to misunderstanding, we should seize that opportunity. So just step very simply on the Feast of the Assumption, and you already identified some of this, that she um, was conceived without sin because 
she was redeemed outside of time. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. Mary was redeemed by the blood of the cross outside of time at her very moment of conception. And another deep insight here, of course, is that, well, God could do the Saul thing, right? He has the power to directly manifest to each of us right now. Wouldn't it be awesome? That may be one of the questions we have from God. Look at the tumult in the world. Why can't you just shake everybody up by a bright light that's going to move them the way you did Saul? Well, there's an answer to that question, perhaps, and it remains a mystery. We can't figure it all out. But it's in that very passage where Jesus says to Saul, why do you persecute me? It's a great wonder and beauty that God chooses you and me who are listening to be instruments of his salvation. He invites us to participate in his salvation. To summarize, he puts he, he manifests salvation in the kingdom through human and material instrumentality, through the Blessed Mother who said yes was the means by which he accomplished salvation. So just obviously all of us who are who are Christians want to obey Christ, want to obey his way, and which of us haven't learned of our faith through others, right? The testimony of people. It wasn't just this direct theophany to us. He works through flesh and blood humanity. And Mary is sort of the icon of all of that because God chose. It's that simple. God chose her to be the means through which salvation would come into the world. And we are also taught through whom he chooses to pour forth his grace. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one in, through, and who, whom all salvation comes. And so in a particular way, our honoring her is honoring her because Christ gave her to us as a gift. And in honoring her, we are honoring him. Okay, Steph, summer, amazing summer. Share some of the highlights of your summer so far. Yeah, so I have a horrible time recalling specifics I'm one of those people, I think, who just goes more toward the feeling <laughs> of memory. But some of them that kind of come to mind relatively not so quickly. Um, we moved our son to Texas. So mm. that Which trip, son? John Paul. What's he doing down in Texas? He's just working hard and bringing, bringing it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so just different trips that centered around our children and kind of where the Lord has called them to be, um, significant, beautiful times of family connection, both on my side and your side, if we want to pick sides. Mm -hmm. well <laughs> we put. are one. Fun. So Anissa's wedding back in Erie, mm -hmm. your nephew's wedding up in Michigan, and just the neat, neat, neat connections, um, specifically going back to Erie um, at my niece's reception, so many um, facets mm -hmm. of my life kind of coming together there from a daughter of somebody that I taught with mm. way back when to um, a beautiful, uh, not so young, but younger than me woman who I used to babysit when she was little. Um, so just kind of the, the convergence of many uh, seasons of my life and then certainly making time to visit very dear friends that we haven't seen mm -hmm. in quite a while. Very and, rich couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And then um, in, up in Michigan, of course, with um, your side of the family, just always such a blessing. So, you know, it's it's kind of the cliche, great time with family, mm -hmm. um, but truly graced time with family and lots of different visitors here and being able to host things here and we had a phenomenal um, young man who 
spent the summer with us, needed a place to stay that was originally just for a few weeks and then ended up being for the full summer. And so just how the Lord uses those circumstances. Kevin Ribka, my chess buddy, (laughs) just when we thought our home was going to be empty and perhaps a little bit of reluctance because we're approaching that empty nest and John Paul called and asked if we'd be open to hosting his beloved friend uh, still at Hillsdale into his last year and a great family out on the east side of Ohio, really good family and uh, thought it'd just be temporary. Um, but you know, we thought, Hey, this is going well and let's have him. But the kids would tease that I finally had a friend that I could play with because they were so busy. So at six o'clock and he'd come home to some extent, it was just great, great philosophical, theological conversations. He got to sit in on said evening with, uh, if you will, conversation with evangelicals and Catholics and that sort of thing. Anyways, just had to color that in a little bit. Yeah. So interestingly enough, as I'm thinking of that, don't ask me how my mind went here, but I feel like almost um, every weekend in some portion we were gone. There were very few weekends where we were here. A lot of it was um, certain events, right, or occasions. Others just kind of driving here or there for various reasons. And um, we experienced mass (laughs) at so many different parishes, right? And so... Uh, then I can't, I mean, again, the whirlwind of things, don't even know why. I feel like we were only in our diocese, maybe three or four, mm. five, maybe of Sundays. Um, and so just grateful for the richness of the mm-hmm. Catholic faith and that connection of universita- universality. 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 It's vitality and universality combined. Mm. Um but just, gosh, we're so blessed by our by the gift of our Catholic faith, so blessed by such um, wonderful priests that we are blessed with in our church and the opportunity to worship together um, in that way. It was just a real gift. So I didn't give like a ton of specifics. And of well, let me course, of just a special time with our little granddaughter. Indeed, um, Magdalena. Which was great. So people like names, they like dates, they like places, coloring it in. It just, it, it makes it novel. We, we have to share some of that portrait. But it is absolutely delightful with these settings that you speak of and just talked about now of as we grow together, as, we, as each family member matures and experiences the conflict and struggle and joy and exuberance of life that chisels us, right? It makes us more of who we are. I, as a father, just going to be a little vulnerable and, and transparent and just say, you know, forming or raising young adults is very difficult. In our case, praise God. They've always had a Christian compass and have chosen it intentionally. Uh, and we're so grateful for that. You know, and all of our kids came out of the womb type A. Every single one is a fighter. They're, we never had concerns that anyone was going to get walked on or over by another by being, if you will, too meek. So to see that grow into kind of a loving magnanimity with one another, maybe a little more listening, a little more empathy, a little more understanding, a little more reserve, a little more tact, as we are all together, really is facilitating a vitality of the Trinity. That's the nature of our nonprofit image, the Trinity. And I'll just say those of you who are kind of in that route, uh, you know, with little ones, you're forming your adults now. Like right now, your little ones, you are forming them to be adults by fostering them with right these virtues of self-mastery, of kindness, of compassion, of care, of listening. And when they get, you know, that age of reason, 12, 13, 14 years old, that's when it's going to be kind of, you know, challenging because you, you want them to have a heart. 
right? You want them to have conviction of a compass, we shall say, and you want them to have a voice. But there's also this delicate thing, right? And I will just say, I wish I would have spoken to myself a number of things back then, but certainly one of them would have been to to be secure in my authority over our home that I could say, okay, I'm all about discussion, but now we need to move into declaration and you need to respect it and needed to foster them to say, end a story, end the conversation. They think they're right. They think they know it all. And we know those frustrations, don't we? But that's part of the process. I wish I would have told myself maybe seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, just foster that landscape where God is working with us, create that space, validate them, encourage them. But there's also got to be that kind of order. So all that I'm saying that we're on the other end of that. I think we're really on the other end of that in all these little interactions of each one pursuing uh, their own God calling in their world and seeing amazing things. Joseph released the very first song with the label Sony um, Prod, 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 blah, blah. Provident. Provident. Sony Provident Records, and uh, we'll play that at the end of this episode. Um, so that's kind of exciting. He's getting married next month. So that's, I mean, each one of our children, of course, you mentioned Magdalena, Anne-Marie with Colin. Uh, it was his birthday a couple of days ago. Colin's just so blessed by the inclusion of a son-in-law who loves God, who's pursuing his heart. Um, they are going to be moving down to Columbus. So they've been in South Bend, Fort Wayne, I should say. And then moving to Columbus, he's taking a position with Damascus. So they're going to be surrounded by that amazing community of young adults who are really pursuing the heart of God. And he's going to be in the development, development, development arena. And possibly um, Colin, Annie, Magdalena will be in the same apartment complex as Joseph and Annie. Uh, Joseph, Joseph and, <laughs> and Abby uh, once they get married, of course. So that's exciting. Catherine, we continue to pray for her. Some of you have been uh, locked in with us on that journey with her. I miss John Paul. We'll get to him in a second. But Catherine has been battling this significant uh, disease, mysterious, but we think it's mold toxicity with tremendous support and prayers of this amazing community. It has had a significant impact, uh, mental fog, fatigue, impairing her from continuing her studies at Hillsdale. Uh, I can't say we can't say over the last two years of phenomenal um, medical, shall we say, health attention that it has come to a notable place of great improvement. But she maturely, spiritually, and just with good guidance is now asking the question, okay, I'm going to keep seeking healing, but how do I deal with this? So we're praying that she can get back at school at Hillsdale and she brings, you know, such wisdom, truthfully, and virtue of being chiseled by the custom school that she's had over the last year at home fighting that. John Paul, of course, as Stephanie said, is in Austin, Texas, working for Rex, a firm that specializes in technology and real estate. And has really found his gifts validated. He's really been engaged and learning so much and traveling with them and, and helping them to, to build out uh, existing areas and rebuild new areas. And uh, just every day when we connect with him, there's new excitement of what's happening in his world. Grace is about ready to embark on the next stage of her summer journey. She was at Damascus as a missionary and just brought so much joy to that uh, cruise. Those of you who know Grace, she has a phenomenal voice also, has starred in musicals. She's been Belle and Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and uh, brought those talents of ministry and heart to Damascus. And uh, very shortly, she will be heading off to Minnesota for the NET National Evangelization Team training. And um, that will set her up to go to Scotland 
She's going to be with Net Scotland. And again, just huge gratitude and hearts for all of those young missionaries. Many of you who are listening have children, nieces, and nephews. This is an amazing community in Toledo that has given, shall I say, birth, both physically and spiritually, has nurtured the mission church, the Catholic mission church, who are impacting so many. So if you're praying or financially supporting anybody involved in these areas, um, thank you so much. Our kids are certainly part of that. And Dominic, what can we say to Dominic? Dominic had full uh, had top scholarships to many schools, but he has a tremendous traction with his business slash podcast, The Running Effect, and uh, just continues to grow it. It is uh, more popular than ESPN's podcast. He has some major corporate sponsors, um, just a voracious reader, listener, learner, uh, asking the right questions of real influencers on a national level, interviewing top NCAA athletes and coaches and creating series. And so he can do that anywhere in the country, but he loves the atmosphere presently in Austin, Texas, because there's a, a number of other podcasters those influencers in that area. So he and John Paul are roommates. So that's a little bit of the rundown of our children to kind of color in with when Steph says we've been around and uh, to our kids and interacting with them. We are living the adventure. You know, we're just living the adventure and, and praying every morning, I will say, is a highlight, Steph. You know, I'll ask you your highlight, but, you know, a highlight for me has been, I'll just call it the anchor. We have the imagery we're going to get to in a bit of Monsignor Borger talking about the gospel of Jesus walking in the water, boat motif. We love the water. The anchor of my world has been every morning praying with you. We have our own special time, but we do come together to pray the morning prayer of the divine office. And uh, then we pray our special blessing prayer which um, we encourage all of you to be mindful, this powerful prayer of parents blessing their kids. I mean, this is a sword that God gives us. And I will, I will say to you as a 55-year-old man, parent of you know six, of course, seven with the marriage and grandchild and spreading out, this is um, a tool, a gift, a power that God gives us that too many parents don't utilize to pray and bless their children by name every single day. So Steph, you and I committing to do that um, I will say has definitely been a joyous anchor for me and uh, giving grace to the rest of my life. And a, um, what's a highlight for you? Well, I feel like you just gave a Christmas letter. <laughs> That's a funny. Family you are Christmas very... <laughs> letter in yeah. August. So um, why not? Yeah, why not? God is good. He really is so so very good. So I would say, of course, our prayer time together. But I also will say that when our kids have been home in and out, um, amidst challenges and obviously you know everyone's still it's not over till it's over right we can all deepen but I just want to give God glory and praise that when they've been home we've seen each of them in their personal prayer time Mm. which you know all the things that you've listed praise God that he's directing them and blessing them at each stage in their life but the most important thing and um thing that I'd like to celebrate the most that we like to celebrate the most, if you will, to give God that praise is that they truly are seeking a deeper relationship with him Mm. and trying to put him at the center of all that he has called them to. So, um, I just want to say that. And, um, again, don't want to paint this picture of our family as, you know, whatever that image you may have. We've got miles to go. Yeah. Especially me. <laughs> but but it also, I don't want to downplay that the, what the Lord has done and is doing and um, hopefully can be a bright light 
um, for many people, I know that I'm inspired by our kids. I'm inspired by you. And um, I'm so blessed by our prayer time together and taking that time each day. Mm-hmm. And I have to say one other thing that just came to mind very boldly was the great blessing of our dear friend, Father Ed Losey, who is mm-hmm. now Monsignor. Mon- he was, <laughs> yeah, he went from father to Monsignor to Bishop Ed Losey mm-hmm. of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And um, when we were back in Erie for my niece's wedding, to jump back to that piece, uh, we were blessed to be at his home parish for Mass that Sunday, which was his last uh, Mass in the Diocese of Erie, and just loved on and celebrated it in that way. And then so blessed to be invited um, to his ordination installation Mass in Kalamazoo. And gosh, just the fullness and beauty and grace of the treasures of the church all just exploded in that cathedral that day. So that was such a huge blessing. So not only being a part of that um, and seeing they had busloads from Erie, Pennsylvania, my hometown, um, and then just meeting so many others from Kalamazoo and mutual friends. And Bishop Thomas was there, of course. And that was, you know, just a blessing as a little united Mm. piece there. Um, But yes, so prayers for the new, the newly ordained Bishop and dear friend, um, Bishop Edward Losey. Amen. Now, before we get to Monsignor Borger's really wonderful homily, weaving together that magnificent story of Jesus walking in the water, inviting Peter, all of us to do so, really, it's about courage with the current political, cultural reality we live in, leading into November. <clears throat> I really want to give you two words that really ought to define our hearts, our minds in this current moment in history, and they are simply Catholic revival. Catholic revival. Well, the Catholic Church is equipped with the fullness of God's presence. It literally is the people of God, as we referred to earlier. Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, he becomes Paul. He's given this new name. The Catholic Church is you and me. Christ has conferred it with all the power to transform this world. Now, think about this to heal, to forgive, to transform, to revive. That power is present to you and me right now. It is being poured out, which begs the question, well, why isn't it happening? I would argue that a little bit like the Niagara Falls, one of my favorite metaphors, right? The power of this Niagara Falls is the power of God's grace pouring into our lives all the time. But the question is, well, what do we have standing in the way? We have all kinds of stuff standing in the way. Or go to Jesus' words in Luke 12, 49. I have come to this world to set it on fire. How I wish it were already ablaze. Now, he said that 2,000 years ago, that he came to set the world on fire and wishes it were already ablaze. Again, what stands in the way from that happening? Well, again, Catholic revival, Catholic revival. We strongly encourage you, invite you, maybe plead with you, beg you to please go to CatholicRevival.us and find out more about what we're about in response to, we believe, this movement of the Holy Spirit to be revived and live in the fullness of our nature in Christ. And Steph and I are just going to alternate now and just read this short letter from some of our partners, uh, Walt and Liz Erickson, Jeff Barefoot, Rich and Connie Cronin, Kevin Kelly, Terry and Lori Langenderfer, and uh, some of my brothers who are very much at the heart of helping us convey this message with many good priests and others on board. So this is a letter that we uh, have out, and I ask you to please listen now with your heart. It begins in the headline, The Future of Humanity Passes by Way of the Family a quote from Pope St. John Paul II. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as fellow Catholics, we know what's at stake. 
Just this week, in addition to the defeat of Issue 1, a measure that would have helped ensure parental consent for minors seeking abortion in dangerous operations, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission issued a regulation establishing a national mandate on employers to accommodate workers' abortions under the Pregnant Workers' Fairness Act. While we continue battling threats in the political arena, we share a deep commitment to upholding the sanctity of marriage and family values. We believe that the heart of it all, the very foundation of civilization, now and for our future generations, is the home. That is why today we're reaching out to you with an invitation to please join us in supporting the impactful Catholic marriage and family movement of Mass Impact. On November 3rd and 4th, Mass Impact will be leading an extraordinary event, Sanctus Eucharistic Family Revival, with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. This diocesan-sponsored gathering aims to strengthen and revitalize families through the power of the Eucharist. In preparation for this moment event, momentous event, an eight-week journey called Supreme Makeover Home Edition will engage and inspire Catholic couples and families on a profound level. These initiatives, along with their top national podcast and radio program, Ignite Radio Live, and numerous other endeavors, are truly making a difference. As partners with Mass Impact, we have experienced the blessings of a vibrant community, including Belief and Beverage Nights, where we enjoy enriching evenings with world-class speakers. If you lead a business, Mass Impact offers high-value promotion through their extensive multimedia, web, and social media platforms and events. To the point of our need... Today, right now, we humbly request your financial support in strengthening the foundation of this movement. We've been diligently working to establish sustainability through monthly partnerships, and we're very pleased and grateful to announce that we have reached the halfway point. However, there's still a collective need of $5,000 in monthly partnership to ensure the continuity of and growth of this essential work. We're also seeking $125,000 in gifts to cover the cost of impactful events and strategic build-out over the next two years. Thank you for your continued dedication to upholding the principles of Catholic marriage and family life. Again, we would be so grateful for your support and ask that you even help by sharing this. Together, we will create a lasting impact. Please be assured of our continued prayers. We're so blessed to be united with you in building the kingdom. So ends our letter, but opens up this horizon of this movement, an invitation for you to join us in being the beating heart of Catholic revival, that which will reverberate through this community, reverberate through our culture. That is the core of politics, I would argue. It's our own personal transformation, living in the fullness of the life Christ calls us to. And I just give you the focal point of CatholicRevival.us. Please go to CatholicRevival.us. US. And we do ask um, that you please, again, click on, certainly to get on board, but click on that partnership tab. Right now, we're at about 1% of our goal. We're grateful. Thank you, Jesus, for 1% of our goal. But um, if you're hearing this right now, just your sacrificial response, making this moment will directly result in souls. I truly believe this. I believe by you saying yes right now, by going to CatholicRevival.us and clicking on that partnership tab and helping us, you'll see souls in heaven who otherwise would not have been there. How awesome will that be? So, Greg, you mentioned Catholic Revival, and my mind went to 
which seems to be all over the place this episode, <laughs> this past week. Beautiful on tapestry. The Catholic Loop uh, put out by Catholic Vote, which I encourage you guys to subscribe to. Um, it just gives you great headlines and article links um, to stay informed. You know, Greg, you mentioned faith and politics cannot be separated. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Loop is a great um, platform that really combines the two to inform us and um, keep us on our knees (laughs) Mm -hmm. and our minds sharp. But there was a quote that they had posted um, this past week in relationship to you speaking of Catholic revival. It was a quote by His Holiness St. Pope Pius, I think the fifth, and it said, all the evil in the world is due to lukewarm Catholics. Mm. We're on this side of things, seeking God's grace to journey together. And by the way, that place we call church on that street that we go to, the physical place, that's why it exists. It doesn't exist for us to pat ourselves on the back and think that we're better than anybody else. It exists because, you know, we're in need of healing. We're in need of transformation. It's that we have our hearts and minds on a goal that we have not yet obtained, but we're appointed and anointed to obtain. We go to receive the grace the guidance, the direction, the support that we can make these steps. And how awesome would it be if we, if we began to view it that way? Similarly to being on a soccer team or being part of a business team or, or drama or whatever the case may be, that we share this ultimate drama, this ultimate purpose of journeying together and becoming saints and holy. And churches, the physical churches, exist to help navigate us along that direction. So if we have that in our hearts, it is the purpose for which we are made. Let's listen clearly again to these words. So again, this is a quote by St. Pope Pius V. He says, All the evil in the world is due to lukewarm Catholics. All the evil in the world is due to lukewarm Catholics. What does it mean to be lukewarm? Maybe we should not just think it's those people who don't go to church or those who do go to the church, but they don't pray before meals. Or those who do go to church and pray before meals, but they don't have a prayer life every morning on their knees, knowing Christ enough that they would never even think of missing that divine appointment where he connects with us and we listen to him and he edifies our lives every single day. Or maybe it's all of that, but those who don't say, okay, now how does this overflow in my life that I have a heart of Christ for my spouse? that I'm praying for her heart to understand it and care for it, and my children and those whom I work with, and all of that, but I actually act on it. I actually you know, act and live because Christ's heart is beating within me that I cannot help but convey a word that God has put on me of encouragement, maybe even, in cha- maybe even challenge, or even further, hey, can I pray for you, or how can I pray over you? I would argue that those are indicators of being less than lukewarm. Those are indicators of being fully alive in Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and they're more than just techniques, right? They're more than just like some theatrical fulfillment and action that we do. They come again and only flow from this intimacy with Christ, from this place of prayer, of connecting to his heart and having his heart for others that we cannot help but love those whom we see around us. I guess I would add to that you know, focusing on the word Catholic, right? We started this program or who, whatever point we're at in it <laughs> at some point prior to me speaking right now, just the whole thing about counting our blessings, right? The gratitude, hearts full of gratitude. So focusing on the word Catholic from that quote and thinking about 
are called to reflect back upon our blessings. Gosh, if we truly embrace the treasure and gift of being Catholic and all that that means, Mm. how can we not be grateful? And there's no way that we can be lukewarm. Mm. So I guess I would say focus also on all those things, yes, that you just said, Greg, but what it truly means to be Catholic, to to be so blessed by the one true church, the the faith and all that that brings to have the sacraments, the Eucharist, mm. confession. I mean, just the whole, I mentioned Bishop Losey's ordination, the mm. gift of priesthood, so right? Like if we embrace all that it means to be Catholic, there is no such thing truly as a lukewarm Catholic. Mm. So let's just be on fire <laughs> yes. as Catholics and, and with gratitude, right? Know what that means. And yeah, I, I'm hearing John Paul II proclaim it from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Proclaim it from the rooftops. That is what we are called to do as Catholics in every arena. Not just in part, not just going to Mass, not just being alive at Mass. Gosh, that's so sad and frustrating. We all have fallen into it and perhaps are still there, mm. just going through the motions at Mass and you know, our responses that, you know, gosh, the responsorial psalm usually is filled with something that we should be a little excited about. And it's kind of like, da, 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 I rejoice Mm. in the Lord. Um, Like, let's truly rejoice and become alive in mass as we approach the blessed sacrament to receive him, body, blood, Mm -hmm. soul, and divinity at mass. Gosh, where's our spirit of reverence? Mm. Where's our spirit of truly knowing what we are participating Mm. in, especially in this year of Eucharistic revival? Mm. Let's proclaim that. Let's embrace that. Let's be on fire and not lukewarm about that. Mm. We are blessed to be Catholics and we need to proclaim that Mm. boldly. And if you're struggling with all of that, as you're hearing us speak and you're thinking, tilt way over the top, you people are crazy, you're on this religious program, sacrony out in the clouds. Well, first of all, I want to say, yes, in our home, we are f- tremendously flawed. But we have can say that six children in seven years, all adults, every single one loves Jesus. Every single one is pursuing him. Every single one, if you asked right now what the most important thing in their life was, they would say it's about faith and they're succeeding in secular ways. Yes, we got a ways to go, but I'm just saying, I'm not patting myself on the back with that. I'm humbly saying that's in the midst of our failure. That's in the midst of our flaws. It's simply because we have constantly thought to make our homes that culture. And I want to say this, because we've surrounded ourselves made commitments to surround ourselves with good people who do not shrink from asking the hard questions and pursuing the truth. We surround ourselves with good people who do not shrink from asking the hard questions and pursuing the truth. And oh, by the way, I don't just mean getting together every Sunday with a group where nothing changes, where you ask your spouse or kids, a week becomes a month becomes a year and nothing changes. Ask them, are you praying more? Are you bringing your family together and, and praying with, for, and over them? Do they know you love them? If none of that's changing, ask the question, why are you committed to those things? We're inviting you right now to join us humbly who are imperfect, broken, incomplete, in need, with confidence that Christ will meet that need, that desire. Go to catholicrevival.us. Get on board. We have a men's 
group. We got a woman's group. We got a family thing. Three of those things in a journey through September and October leading into this amazing Sanctus Eucharistic Family Revival event. The centerpiece is going to be on a Saturday with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. The night before is going to be an amazing evening of worship also. And uh, we just encourage you to check it out. Rally around this with us. Certainly financially support this movement, which is so in need right now of your supporting in CatholicRevival.us. With no further ado, we've been talking about it all tonight. It is the centerpiece, and uh, it is truly the crescendo, the capstone. Our priests who've said yes, who are in persona Christi, who are, you know, let's face it, beleaguered by a culture that diminishes them, that have experienced scandal, and they've <clears throat> carried the weight of that of their brother priests with great sorrow. And uh, those who have persisted in giving us Jesus Christ merit our heartfelt magnanimity, thoughts, and prayers and support. If your pastor is preaching it, I challenge you to tell them how much you support them, are grateful for them, and love them, and tell the story. That's what we're doing here in this moment. We are so grateful for Bishop Daniel Thomas in this urgent moment in human history to invite his pastors, to tell his pastors to preach the truth, particularly in this critical area of faith, marriage, and family life, of morality, the fabric of the Trinity as it is affected in the political realm. And so marvelously communicated masterfully by Monsignor uh, Borger of our parish of St. Joan of Arc. So we're going to end tonight with his amazing homily from this past week. Open your hearts and minds, and let's just be fed by the truth, and not just listen, but as it says in the end of every Mass, go and announce the good news to act on it. A few years ago, there was a spiritual book written. The title was The Lost Art of Walking on Water. I bought a copy. I read it. It's about being a priest in the modern world. I wish it had been called Walking on Water Made Easy, or Walking on Water for Dummies, right? But it wasn't. Walking on the water is not easy. And even though the book's about being a priest, actually just about everything it talks about applies to all of us, really, to anyone who seeks to follow Christ and to live the life of faith. For example, it's been pointed out that when a bride and groom walk down the aisle on their wedding day, in a way, they too are walking on water. Or a family, parents trying to raise a family these days when everything out there seems a bit crazy, they too are trying to walk on water. It's a great image for the life of faith, in a way. The risk of faith, being willing to step out of the boat, being willing to step out of the comfort zone and move towards Christ keeping the focus on him. Faith allows people to do amazing things. Often they do these things very quietly, without fanfare, over the years, of course. It's very true. Scripture says faith can move mountains. And faith allows us to go places where we never imagined. We may want to look down on St. Peter a bit in this story. He, he didn't have enough faith we kind of wonder, like, why did he get out of the boat? Is he trying to show off? Or was he just trying to get closer to Jesus? We're tempted to say, stay in the boat, dude, right? But to his credit, he realized, you know, with Jesus, amazing things can happen. And so he took the risk. And, of course, the great point of the story is as long as he stayed focused on Jesus, he did okay. But once he began to look around... 
and see the wind and a storm. Then the fear took over, and down he went into what one scripture calls the deep abyss of fear. It's very true to life, isn't it? True to our own lives. It's a mixture of faith and sometimes fear. It's a battle sometimes. That bride and groom walking down the aisle usually have some fears. They certainly got some nerves going on, I know that. But it doesn't stop them. The fear doesn't stop them or hold them back. That's what real faith can do for us. It lets us move beyond our fears to take the risk that real living faith requires of us. No wonder in the Gospels Jesus is constantly saying, do not be afraid. It is I, and I am with you. I'm grateful that St. Peter got out of the boat. Together with Jesus, it teaches us important things about life. First, it teaches us life gets interesting when you take the risk of faith. There's usually be some fear in doing this, but faith overcomes it and moves us. It teaches us to stay focused on Jesus. Yes, there will be storms and winds. Stay focused on him who is with us. It also teaches us that failure is not the worst thing. Peter began to sink, but Jesus was there with him, with waiting hand. In fact, the scripture used there sort of implies Jesus not there with some kind of limp, weak hand, Rather, the word used is Jesus grabs him with a firm hold, saves him. Jesus is close to all of those who are willing to take the risk and call on his name. Even here this morning, that same Jesus grasps us by the hand and says, Do not be afraid. It is I. Take courage. I am with you. Now, speaking of walking on water, Bishop Thomas has asked the priest and the deacons preaching this weekend to bring to your attention something very important, what's going to be on the ballot in the November election in our state. He's decided it's best not to wait on this. Let's talk about it now. On the ballot in November will be a proposed constitutional amendment to our state's constitution, that would enshrine the most radical, liberal, least restrictive law on abortion in the nation. That's what's at stake. You'll hear more about this, of course, in the coming weeks, and you can just imagine the commercials you're going to start seeing on TV. Those who support this amendment are very confident now, given what's happened in that election last week. They're hoping that we stay in the boat and stay quiet. A couple years ago, I never thought the people of Ohio would be for this. I think I might be mistaken. The proposed amendment is worded, of course, in a very vague, broad, lawyerly way, so it can be very broadly interpreted by a court or a judge. It intentionally makes no distinction between adults or minors. This is most important. It just talks about individuals. So it would allow a judge or a court to easily invalidate any laws requiring parents to be notified about what their children are doing or deciding in terms of health or even gender. 
It would isolate and separate parents from their kids. It speaks of reproductive health, which, of course, is a very broad term. It can be easily interpreted to include all kinds of things, including, of course, abortion. It would include decisions probably about gender identity, so, so prevalent today in our culture, it seems. Again, parents would not have to be notified of these things. In a way to try to make people feel better about it, it mentions the viability of the unborn child. Of course, it doesn't mention unborn child, of course. Can't do that. It says that certain regulations and laws can be put in place if the unborn child is viable. That's like 20, 22 weeks. But then immediately says an attending physician can overrule that. And of course, that attending physician would often in real life be the one who's going to perform the procedure and profit from it. This proposed amendment, I think, would hurt family life. It would limit health protections for women. It would lead, of course, to thousands of more unborn children losing their lives. And remember, it would be a right enshrined in the Constitution, so any future state assembly or governor wouldn't be able to do much about it. We'd have to live with it. Why are we talking about this? Why is our church or our parish getting involved in politics, as some people would say? Well, politics is a very broad term. It involves morality, or it should. We think about what's the role of government and law, amendments, constitutions. It should be about protecting innocent human life, promoting family life, upholding justice, helping parents to raise their kids. It's true the church should not be partisan or entangled with a particular candidate for office. And sometimes people disagree prudentially about what's the best way to accomplish something. Yet when life is at stake, we have the very right, indeed, I think, the obligation to speak up, to stand up for life. How can we be silent? Again, some would prefer we stay in the boat and be quiet. But our faith is about real life, isn't it? It's not just confined to this building. And it's not just about being comfortable. Sometimes we have to get out of the boat. We're going to stay focused on Jesus, of course. And he says, take courage. The winds are against us in this, I know. But we'll keep our eyes on him. And may he help us overcome any fears or the temptation to be quiet. Let's pray for the grace to be faithful witnesses in defense of life, defense of the family. We pray to be faithful witnesses to the mercy of God, to those who have made a, a tragic decision in the past. The Lord's mercy is there and a chance for forgiveness and a new life, a new beginning. I hope you can see that this proposed amendment is not just about a private thing. The commercials that are coming are going to be about privacy, personal decisions. But it's not private. It's going to affect all of us. 
it's going to affect our families, it's going to affect our parents, it's certainly going to affect the children, including the unborn children, whose humanity is never recognized in this, it seems, on the other side. They can't recognize and admit the unborn child. What do you think Jesus would like for us to do? He commanded Peter to come to him, and he walked on water. Wow. Thank you so much again, Monsignor Borger, for your words of courage and encouragement. Mm -hmm. Thank you to all the priests who preached it, who brought it, who continue to do so. And a huge thank you to our beloved Bishop Thomas, Mm -hmm. who asked his priest to go there, Mm -hmm. to preach on it, to know what's at stake. We need to hear this. Mm -hmm. We need to hear this. Keep it coming. We are encouraged by it. We are lit on fire by Mm -hmm. it. You are being faithful to the Lord's call in it, and it will just spread, Mm -hmm. right? And so we just encourage you all the more to get on board at catholicrevival.us. Lord, we give you permission to claim our hearts, our minds, our wills, our imaginations, our memories, our families, all that is ours. Lord, we give you permission to breathe that new life. Lord, make us yours. Make us your people. Make us your church. Let us live this together boldly with great love and claim all of those around us for your kingdom. We ask this in your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God, I'm still counting my blessings. I can't count that high